a bhakti strand there. And so these things that uh, applies everywhere. It shows a lot of light and illumination uh, on religious processes. Uh, and um, and so this is the, the where where we have uh, where, where it's articulated very clearly in Shastra in the in the uh, in the Srimad Bhagavatam in this chapter uh, by Krishna himself talking to Uddhava. So this is a very important chapter. Um, so you you may recall in the last chapter. Uh, 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 Krishna says, this is mentioned in the DBT purport in the beginning, uh, guna dosha drishya dosha gunas tu bhaya uh, varijita uh, uh, to see, the literal translation, to see uh, guna and dosha, guna meaning good qualities and dosha meaning bad qualities or virtue and or piety, I explained last time, guna means quality in general, but in the pregnant sense of the term, it means good quality. This will say, you know, this is a quality uh, cell phone. You know, it means it's a good quality. In commercial language, they use that all the time. So it's the same way here, guna and dosha. To see uh, guna and dosha, uh, good and bad qualities, is itself dosha. A bad quality, <laughs> uh, and the, the opposite of that bad quality, the good thing, gunas, uh, what's really good, tubayam varjitaha, is to be without this distinction of both, even though itself is a distinction. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, they they, uh, they say is to uh, to transcend both, but varjita literally just means to be without or to abandon or give up. Uh, of course, you do that by transcending them. Uh, so now, having having said that, Uddhava is going to begin this chapter in five texts, challenging this distinction, this statement. Of Krishna, that's explained by everybody. Uddhava knows perfectly well what he means, but he just to make it, you know, get him to talk more about it and bring it out for everybody. He's going to raise the objections that ordinary people most have. So, we'll start here with text one. Uh, this is his objection. Uh, so it begins. Sri Uddhava, watch out first time before I chant the text. We'll say Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So text one Sri Uddhava Uvacha Vidischa Pratishedyascha Nigamo Hishvaresha Te Hishvaresha Te Avekshate Ravindaksha Gunam dosham chakarmanam. So the the translation here uh, uh, says, uh, "My dear lotus-eyed Krishna, you are the supreme Lord, the Ishvara. You are the Ishvara." So this word, this word, he Ishvara, um, uh, the Ishvara is. Uh, Provocative case or address. You are you are the Ishwara. Uh, 
No, it's East for Russians, yeah. Okay, he doesn't do it that way. They, they are the, uh, a view uh, of the Lord. They are indeed uh, yours. I see. Oh, yeah, he's modifying. Uh, they translated different. My dear Lotus eyed Krishna, you are the Supreme Lord, and thus the Vedic literatures consisting of positive and negative injunctions constitute your order. Such literatures focus upon the good and bad qualities of work. Uh, so uh, simpler, uh, I think, uh, 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 yeah. So he's, what, what is Vidis, he says these two things, uh, uh, he, sa- he says these, these Vidi and Pratisheda, uh, Vidi, means uh, an injunction, vidi, V-I-D-H-I, vidi, things that are enjoined. When we say injunction, we mean, it's, it's also, it's a case in Sanskrit grammar, it's called vidi-lin, the, the, uh, a, a verbal uh, conjugation meaning ought. Vidi means ought. It's not an imperative, but what ought to be done and what ought not to be done has this, is called vidi-lin. You can tell by the verb form it's talking about. Uh, so the vidi, an injunction, uh, uh, what you ought to do. Uh, vidi, I think in Greek they call it optative uh, case. They also have a Greek hazard. Uh, vidi and pratisheda, uh, prohibition, what ought not to be done. Uh, uh, the, 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 the word that we're more familiar with uh, uh, is, and it's used later on in text 3, is nisheda. Pratisheda, nisheda. Uh, uh, same, same meaning. Uh, prohibitions. Vidi and nisheda. Uh, uh, and there's a, a, a well-known verse uh, uh, that uh, all the regulative principles right now that Sanskrit doesn't come to my mind. I, I meant to write it down. I forgot. All, all the there in devotional service. Uh, there's only really one uh, uh, vidi, always remember Krishna, and one uh, nisheda, never forget him, and all the others. Uh, uh, Prohibitions and injunctions are just the servant of these two. So that's how it's applied to devotional service later on. But they use these words, vidi and nisheda, sarva vidi nisheda, are just the servants of these two. Always remember Krishna, never forget him. That's a little far from how we're dealing here. So the, the positive and negative injunctions... Uh, what you should do and what you should not to do. So he's saying these are uh, nigama. Nigama, uh, it means the Vedic literature. Nigama kalpaturo galitam palam. Nigama. Uh, 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 these are uh, uh, indeed uh, in, the, in the Vedic literature, which uh, is... Um, uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, focused on. And this Vedic literature is indeed uh, uh, comes from you, belongs to you. Uh, uh, 
and then he addresses Krishna Aravindaksha. Uh, they focus on these things. It comes from you. Uh, uh, and uh, it tells guna and dosha, the bad or sinful qualities of all activities. Uh, 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 so this is his. Wait a minute. This they, they come from the nigamas. It's, it's full of these things. They come from you. Now you're rejecting your own Vedas, you know? I mean, you, 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 there you gave them. In uh, 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 the BBT's uh, remarks here, uh, Sri Uddhava here states that the Vedic literatures, uh, uh, the Vedic literatures which uh, can constitute the laws of God, uh, deal with piety and sin. Therefore, it must be clarified how one transcends activities recommended in the Vedas. And this is an important point. When, when Prabhupada is asked, what is the meaning of religion? He said, very simply, he says, religion means to obey the orders of God. A simple thing, so... Um, Uh, and then Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur uh, says, at the end of the last chapter, Krishna said that one should overcome seeing good and bad. Though Uddhava understood the Lord's meaning, he desired to hear from the Lord's mouth an explanation with various examples. Thus, in five verses, he opposes Krishna's statement. Uh, uh, and then he summarizes the next five verses. Your orders, the Vedas, consist of orders and prohibitions. The orders concerning good qualities of action, the, the orders, the vidi, concern good qualities of actions which should be done. The prohibition, the sheda, concerns bad actions which are forbidden. By following orders, one performs good actions of piety and goes to Sparta. By performing prohibited acts, one performs bad actions of sin and goes to hell. Uh, and of course, in a lot of uh, religions, the fear of hell is often used as a dominating <laughs> motivation factor for people. It's a system of rewards and punishment. Right? Uh, the communists had a Anthem that used to mock this, there'll be a pie in the sky when you die. <laughs> this, this form of religion. Uh, so, so then, then, then we continue uh, with this uh, uh, text two. Varnashrama uh, vikalpam cha pratilomanalomajam dravya desha vaya kalan svaragam narakam evacha. This is this uh, verse. Varnashrama vikalpacha Well, let me, the running translation here, uh, the BBT, they've kind of fluffed it up quite a bit. Uh, according to the Vedic literature, the superior and inferior 
varieties found in human social system, in the human social system, Varnashrama. Uh, that's just Varnashrama Vikalpa. The word Vikalpa uh, has lots of meanings in Sanskrit, but the basic idea is when there are alternatives or alterations and things. Uh, uh, so it means, Vikalpa here means variation or variety, diversity, manifoldness. One, uh, uh, so it says the, 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 the varieties or the differences present in the Varnashram system. Uh, uh, and here in, in the BBT translation, they, they say it is uh, the superior and inferior varieties because it's definitely a hierarchical system where you have a hierarchy. Uh, uh, there's an order. Uh, literally, the English word hierarchy comes from Greek, Greek, hieros arche, a holy order. <laughs> this is the original meaning of hierarchy. Hieros arche, arche is order, uh, or yeah, cosmic order. The Gospel of John in arche, you know, logos in the beginning was the word, but well, the word beginning is actually arche. Uh, origin and order, uh, hieros coming is divine. So the hierarchy. Uh, we're again everybody. The modern thing is to get rid of hierarchies altogether, which just means they go underground. <laughs> you don't talk about them, but they're there. You know. We still have good grades in school and bad grades in school. That's a problem. Varnashrama uh, vikalpam. So these uh, differences. And then they have this pratiloma anuloma cha. Uh, uh, give rise to, uh, this is an example, I, I think, pratiloma and anuloma, which uh, in the running translation, they say pious and sinful modes of family planning, which I find a very strange way to translate. But there are different kinds of marriages. So you have, you have a caste system, right? So when the male, pratiloma, the literally meaning of pratiloma is with the hair. In other words, if you rub your head this way, that's pratiloma. And if you rub your hair this way, that's anuloma. Uh, in English, we'd say with the grain and against the grain, talking about wood grain, you know. But that's, that's pratiloma, with the hair and against the hair. You go like this, and you seem to shave very well, and you go like this, whoa, it's still, uh, you can feel it, right? <laughs> pratiloma. Uh, uh, so this is the word, pratiloma. So a pratiloma arrangement is when the male is of a higher caste, but the female is of a lower caste. Ideally, you know, both are the same. But it's, if there is going to be mixture, then, then the, the hierarchy says that the, the male uh, who in traditional marriage relationships was the person with the power uh, was, was uh, you know, of a higher caste and the female of a lower caste. The uh, worse than that, the one that's frowned upon, but of course happens, is called anuloma, against the grain, where the woman is of a higher caste and the man is of a lower caste. This was it. Uh, uh, and so they, the BBT adds thus piety and sin are constant points of reference 
in the Vedic analysis of the components of a given situation. So this is, there, because there's many of these mixed castes, I, I think in the purport they, they list a bunch of them uh, here, yes. Uh, uh, pratiloma indicates the combination of a superior woman. The superior means from a higher caste with a man of a lower class caste. Uh, for example, the Vaidehaka community consists of those born of a Shudra father and a Brahmana mother, whereas the Suttas are those born from a Kshatriya father and a Brahmana mother, or from a Shudra father and a Kshatriya uh, mother. Sutta, you know, like Romaharshana Sutta or Sutta Goswami uh, are this, this caste. Uh, so it's, it, 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 it's, it's frowned upon. They become suttas are kinds of court bards. Uh, uh, so uh, they, they, uh, uh, they, they are literary people, but they, they do kind of, they, they relate stories and tell deeds like the, they could, suttas would tell the Mahabharata but not to actually recite the Vedas themselves and so on. Uh, and you remember Romaharshana Sutta, right? When he didn't stand up when Balaram entered the arena, then Balaram remembered <laughs> his, his background. As long as he acted properly, no problem. But as soon as he acted improperly, then you remember, wait a minute. <laughs> It says he remembered it. So that's uh, the, 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 the suttas. Uh, uh, Anuloma indicates those born from a superior father and inferior mother. And then he, he mentions names of different castes. And he mentions that Ambashtas are those born from a Brahmana father and a Vaishya mother, and they often become medical men. Uh, among the educated classes in those days, people who practiced medicine were considered inferior. Now it's different. Uh, and among those, the surgeons were the lowest. They, were, they didn't even count as medical originally. You know, they, they were barbers. Because, you know, ancient medicine, like, like in China and in, in India, they didn't muck around that much with bodies. They just, you know, put the the two fingertips on the tip of the, on the pulse and felt what they did and diagnosed everything, you know. A doctor wouldn't even see a woman. She would just stick her hand out, out from beneath <laughs> the veils and, you know, just like, <laughs> they were like, you know, but the persons who really got down in the muck and mire of, you know, material bodies, that was, that was barbers who learned how to sew people up. So, so even, even in the West, this is that way, by the way. The, the, the surgeons come from a different class of people from physicians, and that to this day in England, surgeons are not addressed as doctor. They're mister, and they're very proud of it. But that's, that's anyway, the hist that's the history uh, of uh, some of these uh, things. So... Um, so see, do doctors are, are, are considered, you know, it's, it's a kind of a learned profession, but, you know, it's not. Uh, in a way, the more abstract you, an intellectual stuff is, the higher your class. Like even today among physics, 
the highest, the topmost physicists never do anything gross like an experiment. They just do thought experiments. <laughs> they never fuck around. Because otherwise, you know, you're just a shudra making equipment and things like that, you know. Clever, smart shudra, but a shudra. <laughs> it's still that way, you know. But anyway. Um, so these mix, so they say in the purport that such mixing of castes is not very much appreciated in Vedic literature is demonstrated in the first chapter of Bhagavad Gita, where Arjuna says that the death of so many kshatriyas would lead to the mixing of the widowed, uncared-for women with, with, with lower-caste men. And he mentioned that as one of the objections to uh, fighting. Uh, so anyway, that's just an example of, of the, the Vedic system of higher and lower uh, 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 things and then they 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 desha vaya and kalan so and also another example of things that are, are superior and inferior are different kinds of material objects and places and age and time all these things are uh, components of different situations and they're either good or bad auspicious or inauspicious, and uh, so on. Uh, but you remember in a hierarchical society, by the way, it extends all the way down. I mean, among the devas, there's hierarchies. Uh, and among human, there's hierarchies. Uh, uh, then, among, uh, then among animals, who's the king of the beast? Lion, right? And uh, among uh, minerals? Gold, right? Yeah. Silver, da, da, all this way. Why is gold so high? Because, well, it's it's imperishable. It doesn't mix with any other. It, it, it won't tarnish. It won't rust. It won't, you know, it's, it's like it's like Sparta. It's like <laughs> it's like heaven. <laughs> so, uh, uh, and so then they mention also this distinction: Sparta and Narada. So there's a hier- a universal hierarchy going all the way down from top to bottom, all, all the way through. Uh, these are all various vikopas or, or distinctions or varieties, all based on something. It's better to be, you know, a deva than a demon. It's, <laughs> it's better to be this than that. This is a hierarchical situation. This was not, I mean, here we have it in the Vedic culture, but you should understand uh, that that this was also the standard situation you had in the West. I remember when I was in college and studying literature. In order to understand Shakespeare, we we there was a book called the uh, the uh, uh, the Elizabethan World Picture, uh, which which told you you know this is the hierarchical. We don't have it like anymore, but there were the, these hierarchies. There was a, there was a hierarchy. There was God. They didn't don't have demigods, but they have angels who serve pretty much ranks of angels, thrones, dominions, powers, seraphim, cherubim. I forget the order, but there was nine ranks of angels, and each layer of angel controlled different part of the material universe. So there are all these angels, a hierarchy of angels, and then you got the humans. You know, well first there was the church actually, 
and the church's hierarchy. There were popes, cardinals, bishops, and so on down in a hierarchy within the church. And then in human society, there was the kings, the nobles, and the nobles, there were ranks of nobles too, you know, all the way, you know, from counts and lords and, and uh, viscounts and all down different ranks and, and of, of nobility uh, down to just the knights, uh, and then 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 there were the 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 bourgeoisie that hierarchy of there the non noble property owners or landowners or tradesmen and things but they weren't didn't have no, no nobility lineage of nobility and it was the same trip about marriages by the way you know mixing and unmixing you know people were looking. Marriage was a deal to, to picture yourself in the hierarchies different ways, and then uh, the, so there, there, you had, there you had the, the brahmanas, you had the kshatriyas, then the vaishyas, and then the serfs. Uh, that was a, basically a, a varna system. It was also in Europe. And also they had the idea the lion was the king of the beast and gold was the you know the most uh, highest metal of the, so the same hierarchy uh, and uh, and uh, this is described by a historian called Lovejoy a, a book called the Great Chain of Being and the, what happened in the modern world is this hierarchy got temporalized in other words it was a this was the world view and then it like fell over on its side and then it was human beings were progressing to some you know higher this is evolution the temporalized hierarchy of beings because the theory of evolution is also an idea that is lower now they're trying to get away from that that we think something is better than something else on what grounds you can only say something is good or bad if you have vidi link but we don't have that anymore so you know what makes human beings superior aside from your own you know, species narcissism. <laughs> the spider thinks he's superior too. Look what he can do that we can't do, huh? Right? Anyway. <laughs> so that's, uh, uh, that's, uh, this is, so the Vedas also, uh, this is, was a standard human uh, way of looking at things all over the world, actually. Uh, 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 until, uh, you know, mo modern times where now all this stuff looks very weird to us. Um, uh, so again, uh, Banuswami gives a somewhat simpler translation of this verse. Differences in Varna and Ashram give rise to bad or good, such as Patiloma and Anuloma marriages. There is consideration of good and bad objects, places, ages, and times. Svarga is considered good and hell is considered bad. There's a sort of simpler translation of the, of the whole thing. So now, text three, he continues, guna dosha. Those are the two words that we've been looking at, guna and dosha, good and bad. Piety or sin, they translate it here. Uh, guna dosha, uh, dida dristim. Antarena vachastava, nishreya sam katam rinam visheda vidhi lakshanam. 
uh, he's saying here, Guna uh, Dosha, the difference, seeing the difference, Drishtim, uh, seeing this difference between Guna and Dosha, good and bad, piety and sin, Antarena, uh, uh, without that, without seeing uh, uh, that, uh, well, let me, let me, uh, I'll go back. They, they, uh, without seeing the difference between piety and sin, how can one understand your own instructions in the form of Vedic literatures, which order one to act piously and forbid one to act sinfully? Furthermore, without such authorized Vedic literatures, which ultimately award liberation, how can human beings achieve the perfection of life? So this will be a, a standard observation. Uh, so, guna dosha bida distinct. Without uh, the, the, seeing the difference between good and bad, or piety and sin, uh, with antarena here means just without that. Vachaha uh, tava, your words. Uh, uh, how is Nishreyasam. Nishreyasam usually means liberation. How is liberation possible uh, for human beings? Because your words are characterized by nisheda. Here's the pratisheda first. Here is nisheda. Uh, sheda vidi lakshanam. Lakshanam means characterized by uh, nisheda and vidi. So without that, without seeing in terms of good and bad in the Vedas, which are your words, uh, composed of orders and prohibition, how can that achieve liberation? That's, that's his uh, question. Uh, uh, and then he continues, Pitri Deva Manushanam, there's a list, Pitris, the, the forefathers, uh, the devas, the, 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 the gods, demigods, and manushanam. Pitri deva manushanam vedas chakshusha taveshwara sreyas tu apalabde arte sadhya sadhanayor api. Again, this is uh, the translation uh, uh, expands upon a little bit. My dear Lord, in order to understand those things beyond direct experience, this is word, anupalabdhe, that which cannot be directly perceived. Uh, actually, anupalabdha literally means yeah, unperceived, unascertained, unobtained. Anu, these are the senses of anupalabdha. That which is anupalabdha, uh, which we don't, can't know from our own direct experience. Uh, and the way they translate it, such as a spiritual liberation or attainment of heaven uh, or other material enjoyments beyond our present capacity. So, because liberation is anupalabdha. Uh, we don't know about it. Who's been to Svarga and brought back reports? Uh, or even they say they say material enjoyments beyond our capacity. Uh, uh, 
and in general to understand the means and ends of all things, sadhya, sadayor. Uh, sadhya, the means, sada, sadhana, uh, sadayor, sadhanayor, sada and sadhana. Uh, sadhya, excuse me, sadhya is the goal, I'm sorry, backwards. Sadhya is the goal of some, some goal, and sadhana is the process for getting that goal. The means and ends of all things. The forefathers, demigods, and human beings must consult the Vedic literature, which are your own laws, for these constitute the highest evidence and uh, revelation. So this really very... It's simpler, O oh Lord, your Vedas are the best cause of knowledge uh, for the Pitris, Devatas, and human beings. Vishnu uh, uh, says the Vedas are not only the cause of liberation for human beings, but for the Devas and the Pitris also. Pitri, Deva, Manushanam, Veda is your eye, is really what it says. Is, is, is your, they are, it is the eye given from you to the Pitris, Devas, and humans. None of them know their way around this world unless they have this, uh, these eyes. You know, Dhyana Chakshusha, Veda Chakshusha, these are terms we find. Uh, they, they have, have your eyes. So they, therefore, those things which they cannot, be, cannot perceive uh, or see directly, uh, uh, that's, that's how they know it for that. And also for the sadhya and the sadhana, uh, for the means uh, and the ends. Uh, and so Vishnu Chakravarti translates, uh, says this, uh, the way he sees it, your Vedas are the best source of knowledge, Shreya Chakrusha. Why? For liberation and svarga, the Vedas are the goal and the means. Uh, 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 so this is, uh, this is, uh, The Vedas are the goal, means and the goal of, of liberation and, 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 and of Svarga, both of these. Because what's beyond this earth is Svarga, and what's beyond Svarga is the spiritual do- domain, both of these, for, for either of these. Uh, so again, he's saying you can't, you're denying the Vedas. If you deny the Vedas, we are messed up big time. Uh, we won't see them. Uh, do I have time for one more? Yeah. Let me finish up this section here. Guna dosha, this is the fifth text. Guna dosha, bida dristir, nigamate na hi swataha, nigame na pavadascha, daya. Itti ha Brahma. Running translation here, the distinction, my dear Lord, the distinction between observed, the distinction observed between piety and sin come from your own Vedic knowledge and does not arise by itself. If the same Vedic literature subsequently nullifies such distinction between piety and sin, there will certainly be confusion. Uh, so this this guna dosha vida drishtir seeing uh, between uh, seeing the difference the vida the difference between guna and dosha piety and sin or good and bad 
nigamate, uh, nigamat, comes from the nigama, comes from the Vedas. Uh, uh, your Vedas, he says, your Vedas, nigamate, your Vedas. Nahi swataha, and not, that doesn't just show up by it of its own accord. Not, not, not automatic. I remember when I was a philosophy major in college, you were not allowed to give value judgments. You know, what is your basis for a value judgment, saying good or bad? Uh, the world is just facts. Nothing's good, nothing's bad. And, and so, you know, that's uh, the Hamlet's famous statement, nothing is good or bad, but thinking makes it so. This university friend makes that point. You know, this is, this is like modern philosophy. Uh, how will you know what's good or bad unless somebody says there's some somebody some authority says so? Uh, because they, they you know they they have this fact value distinction you know they're they're, they're the facts the world's sum total of the facts and the value means yeah okay well, uh, I uh, I say something good and it gratifies my senses and something is bad that doesn't uh, harms me and that's basically just relative to me but there's nothing that's universal for anybody. That's kind of modern. It's called relativism. Uh, and he says it doesn't arise by itself. Everybody's going to have a different opinion and it's all basically is based on selfish interest either my personal interest or my family interest or my group interest or, or whatever it is. Uh, so you wouldn't know this distinction. That's the nature of an ought. Uh, you know, there was a, a, a dictum of modern philosophy, you cannot get from an is to an ought by any logical process. Is's will just give rise for is, but there's no ought in there unless there has to be some authority. So it's been pointed out that 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 in in the modern world, uh, uh, what what happened is traditionally, people had obligations. Uh, if I had money, I had an obligation to give a certain amount in charity. Just my duty as a person with money. A duty isn't something that's been enjoined. This is your duty. If you get rid of injunctions, then what, what, how can you talk about obligations anymore? I don't have any obligations. Therefore, what happened in the 18th century is the idea of obligations got substituted with the idea of rights. Everyone has a right. You know? And so because, because there were, there, people had rejected uh, authority, uh, traditional morality and, and, and and order, and so yeah, so rights, now we have the right, human rights, we all are interested in human rights. But if you look at examine rights, to say that I have a right means that somebody else has a duty toward me or an obligation toward me. You just, you don't get around it really. Because on what Greg Browns you say anyone has a right? Uh, well, self-evident is what, is what the... We hold these rights to be, we hold these things to be self-evident as the one to right, the life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? Self-evident. And then you say, oh, self-evident to whom? So it's, it's, it's just a kind of masquerade, trying to get away from the fact that people have duties or obligations. So, 
so this is his point. It, it doesn't arise from itself, and without it, you know. Uh, so then he's saying, if the same Veda nullifies this, if you reject the Vedas with the, you see, as you seem to be doing now, then this distinction of piety and sin is gone. Then everyone's going to get bewildered. Uh, Vishnu Chakravarti reads that uh, I'm bewildered. <laughs> he says that he says everyone there's there is what is ittiha brahmaha. There is certainly confusion. So Vishnu Chakravarti talks and says attributes this confusion to Uddhav himself, uh, or at least pretending that. Uh, 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 so Vishnu Chakravarti comments: Either way, there are difficulties. From the Vedas, which are your order, composed of rules and prohibitions, arise observe, observation of good and bad. Uh, but if I accept that, I disregard your order. Uh, but if we're rejecting your order in the form of Vedas, the vision of good and bad is impaired. I'm so I'm confused. I don't know what you want. Straighten me up. <laughs> let me let me know. You know, because the things seem to be contradictory. So that's, 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 that's the end of his case. Uh, and so then the Lord will then basically uh, deal with this for the rest of the chapter, this, uh, uh, this part. So then we will pick up next week with text number six, where Krishna begins his answer to Uddhava's bewilderment. And maybe ours also. Um, yeah. So now uh, we will. Uh, well, what I'm going to do here is I don't have to switch modes, right? I'm putting this on speaker. Right? I just put, right. Now it's on speaker, right? You're not hearing. Now you can, can, you, can you hear me on the phone? Okay, we're on speaker now. Okay. I push star six. Go ahead. For those of you who have a question, you can press star six and we will add it to the Q and A queue. And then they could, if you're on Ustream, you can type in a question if you have any. And people in the studio audience, you can speak up because it's on, it's on uh, speakerphone so you can uh, be heard. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Are you guys revenge for please take my hand? I have two very simple, quick questions for you. Um, Vidi Lin, uh, you explained that. Uh, it sounds to me um, that it, it, the way you explained it ought. I thought ought means you can do it or you could not do it. It's up to your, your discretion. Uh, whereas the way Shilaprabha... <laughs> really? 
Okay. <laughs> We've gone that far, huh? <laughs> it's optional. Right. Isn't it? But because Sheila Prabhupada... No, no, because uh, ought, uh, the, the idea of ought means the, uh, that, that it, uh, you, yes, it means you're enjoined to do it. It's a moral rule that uh, usually is referring to morality. Uh, it, it's uh, it's uh, so it, it means uh, generally means you you could do otherwise, but that the right thing to do, the correct thing to do, is what you ought to do. Usually, it's in the realm of morality. We use it in practical affairs uh, also, like uh, uh, if 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 you want if you want to 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 uh, have money to spend, you ought to save something every, you know, uh, 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 here's a whole thing about the is is uh, problem, and the, so yeah, the is uh, that was David Hume. Uh, the 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 uh, so ought means things that you're in 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 joint and in, in injunction. Uh, is you know an injunction which is issued by a court, you know, gives you a, something you're supposed to do. Uh. <laughs> so so it's it's not it's not uh, it's not optional. Uh, what is, uh, what is, uh, how do they, the optative mood, uh, wish or a hope, uh, I forgot what the, uh, Vidhi Lin they call it in Sanskrit, so, yeah. So anyway, the, the the idea of ought is is, is usually a, a, a moral uh, injunction, uh, and uh, uh, yeah, that's what it is. Huh. Okay. It it um, yeah. I, I mean, here's the, the simple dictionary definition: ought used to indicate duty or correctness. Typically, when criticizing someone's actions, they ought to respect the law. Now, the ought to respect the law means you have you can respect the law or not. So it means something you you should do it. Uh, uh, that's that's the that's the basic meaning of of, of ought. Uh, It's a, it's a kind of prescriptive statement, a normative statement, uh, and uh, and when you, when you come down to these things of morality, there, ultimately there has to be somebody you accept as an authority that says it. You know, when it, when it's with it with a basis of morality or the basis of duty.
Okay, anything else? Uh, yeah, another quick question for you. Um, could you break down the word uh, nigama? I, I know it means Vedic literature, but just like you explained, Granta book means something that's bound. Nigama. Uh, it says Nigama. Uh, okay, well, I'll just say Nigama. Uh, the, the sort of first meaning is insertion. Uh, that is the Nigama, uh, from Nigama, uh, especially the name of a deity into a liturgical formula. That is to say, there's a certain prayer or something that, or, or, or Vedic utterance, and uh, you put the name of the deity in there. And then it comes, then it means the place or passage, especially of the Vedas, where a word occurs or the actual word quoted from such a passage. So it refers to, you know, a place in the Vedic literature or a certain word. So it's used in reference to the Vedic literature. Uh, and so uh, it comes to mean, it says here, the Vedas are a Vedic text. Uh, then it comes to mean uh, uh, a sacred precept, the words of a deity or a holy man, uh, a doctrine, instruction, and so on. That's, that's how it comes from uh, nigama. Yeah, it's either an insertion or a quotation of words from the Vedas. And basically, nigaman, nigamana means a quotation from the Vedas. That's that's basically what the dictionary says. Very good. Thank you. Veda comes from the knowledge vit. There's a word, the verb for knowledge, vit. But nigama is a whole different thing, but it comes to be used for the Vedas also, referring to particular passages, and then it comes to mean the whole Veda, or a place where some name is inserted. It'll give you a certain, what they call liturgical formula, you know, some, some particular form are used in a ceremony or worship, and then... Uh, for different re occasions, you insert the different names of different devas in there. So that passage where something is inserted would start to be called the nigama, the insertion point, and then the, like that. Anything else? Hmm. Anybody here in our studio audience? No? Alice Clark, as they say. <laughs> okay, so we will stop there for this uh, morning or evening or whatever time it is. <laughs> and we'll pick up here with uh, uh, the beginning of Krishna's response, text number six. Uh, where he introduces, you see right in the next verse, jnanam karma, jnanam karma, and bhakti. That uh, distinction starts in the beginning. 
Okay, thank you very much. Srila Prabhupada, Ki Jai, Srimad Bhagavatam, Ki Jai.